Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's brand new Flyers Daily for the 16th of February, Thursday. As the Flyers return to action tonight, they'll kick off or drop the puck on a four-game road trip after a four-game homestand where they went 1-2-1. and Seattle did have that game between, so not a true home-and-home, cross-country home-and-home with the Seattle Kraken. They were in Winnipeg to wrap up their five-game road trip on Tuesday. They lost 3-2 in the shootout. Matter of fact, the only game they came away with the two points was against the Flyers. They lost 4-0 to the Islanders. They lost 3-1 to the Jersey Devils. They lost 6-3 to the New York Rangers. They beat the Flyers 4-3 on Sunday. And on Tuesday, like I said, they lost in the shootout. 3-2 against Winnipeg. They return home. Sometimes that game, I'm not sure how this applies on the West Coast, if it applies the same as the East Coast, but sometimes that first game back after a long road trip out of your time zone is a pretty difficult one. It's one where the home team tends to be a bit flat at times. So we'll see if that's the case tonight. Seattle played a good game against the Flyers on Sunday, and the Flyers will look to uh, get back in the wing column in Seattle tonight when they take on the Kraken. And the Kraken are a team in year two here that's got themselves in the third spot. Can you believe that? The third spot of uh, their division in the Western Conference. They are in a playoff position right now. We'll see if they can hold on to it. But all said and done, their record right now in the uh, Pacific Division through 54 games, 30-18-6, 66 points. They're one point up on the Edmonton Oilers who've played the same amount of games, but a record of 13, 9, and 5, 19, and 5, excuse me, uh, with 65 points. Their 4, 4, and 2 in their last 10 are the Kraken. They lost their last one, that shootout, uh, in the, to wrap up their road trip against the Winnipeg Jets. And the Flyers, in their last 10, 3, 4, and 3. They've lost their last two. That was Nashville and Seattle. Rot Flyers, 55 games in. 22, 23, and 10, 54 points on the season in the seventh spot in the Metropolitan Division of the Eastern Conference. They're seven points back of the New York Islanders who have played two more games, and they are 21 points ahead of the Columbus Blue Jackets who've played one less game. That's a pretty stunning number that they're that many points ahead of Columbus, who is minus 70 in goal differential. That's got to be the highest in the league, right? Seven, no, actually, there's one other team higher, and that would be the Anaheim Ducks, minus 88 through 54 games. So some teams having a truly putrid season, and the Flyers will be in Seattle tonight to take on the Kraken. But in this episode, we have the distinct honor to welcome the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, Mr. John Tortorella. We'll talk some hockey. We'll talk some hounds with Torts. Torts, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? I'm doing well. Since you've been here in Philadelphia, you know, the Eagles go to the Super Bowl. The Phillies go to the World Series. The Union go to the final, the MLS. It's uh, been a little different than our past here. What's it been like being a Philadelphian seeing all this? Yeah, it, it, it just it lends itself to me how great a town this is, a sports town. Uh, love going to the complex out there and uh, uh, everything about it. It's just surrounded uh by some great people we we gotta kind of we gotta get caught up as the hockey team we gotta get caught up here do the players you know they see that they see the excitement that comes with it i was kind of talking about this the other day the excitement of a playoff you know push when you go through round after round how it swells in a city i'm sure the players feel that i saw them all come in with the eagle jerseys on the other day yeah yeah you know it, it, it's i'm sure it's hard for some of our guys because you know we're we're a ways away from that uh 
but they understand the city. They, they see the excitement. They see, uh, I mean, just the insanity uh, going around with these teams. And um, they want to be part of it. They're athletes. They're entertainers. Uh, they're great competitors. They want to be part of it. Uh, uh, you know, Jason, we're still a ways away, but uh, that's kind of the end goal, trying to get involved in some of that stuff. And you got to do it the right way. And a lot of that torts in this year about finding out who's who, what's what, who's a part of it. And all of it is is also about roster construction because you don't just take the most talented players and the 12 forwards and plop them in there or the top 60 and plop them in there. The pieces have to fit. How much of the equation is that in your eyes to have those pieces that check very important boxes of character and style of play? Yeah, and, and especially as I've said from day one, in the style of play we want, we want to play it to the city of Philly. Uh, I, I think we've gone through a, uh, a whole process here up to this point. Uh, I, I think the first part of that's going to be what guys we don't feel are going to be part of it that, that are on our roster right now. You have to make hard decisions. You have to open up spots, contract spots, uh, before you start bringing in the people that you'd like to over the next few years. Uh, you have to make decisions on the guys that uh, just simply you don't think fit here. And uh, those are the things we're going to be going through. Deadlines coming up here shortly. Uh, interesting to see what happens there. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's it's you know what it is to me. It, it it's exciting to build, but it's also you just look how much work we have to do. Uh, we're going to have to spend. We're going to have to stay patient. We're going to have to spend some time doing this, to do this the right way, and not try to do a quick fix. Yeah, you don't do it in the microwave. you got to slow oh. cook it in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Torch, you've talked about this a little bit lately that, you know, you get this kind of label as a guy, maybe a little old school, you know, defend, block shots, physical play. But the fact of the matter is this, is that Eurozone forecheck is very aggressive. And you want your D to push and transition to stress the opponent as much as possible. Uh, why don't people see those traits of, of what you like to do offensively, in your opinion? Because – you know, you really do get in on it in the forecheck, you know, get two guys in there and pressure the puck. And, you know, that creates turnovers and opportunities it, it, off turnovers and plus in transition, having your D push the puck right away. Yeah, we're 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 trying to be as aggressive as we possibly can with our offense and uh, try not to take their sticks out of their hands. I, I think the biggest key is is making the right decisions in the neutral zone. If we have a make an offensive play, let's do it. If we don't, let's push it behind them and let's get going underneath the hash mark. That, that, that has to be a big part of everybody's game in the National Hockey League. If you're going to be trying to make making plays across the blue line all the time, teams defend so well. They have people back. It's going to be turnovers going the other way. So we're aggressive with our D. We want them joining. We just want the right decisions made through that neutral zone and then have at it from there. The One of those guys. Defense. Uh, Jason, you, you, you wait until playoffs start. That's all you're going to hear teams talk about is that we've got to do this, that, the other thing. It's going to be on the defensive side of the puck. And uh, we're trying to teach our guys that right on through here as we've gone through this year. York's a guy that, you know, you didn't have up here at the beginning of the season. He's playing top pair and on his offside on the right side with Ivan Provorov. And in particular, towards in that game against Edmonton, I really liked the way he defended your blue line and didn't get wowed by the speed of a guy like Connor McDavid in the opposition. Uh, what have you seen out of Yorkie, especially on that top pair with Provy? Yeah, he, he has such great legs. 
that he can close gaps. I think that's the biggest thing is is closing the gap in the neutral zone so you're not giving up your blue line. And uh, we, we like to call it surfing. We like him surfing right up with his legs and, and surprise people before they even enter our zone and try to break up plays there. He has the legs to do it. I'm, I'm very encouraged. And, and listen, we have him on the offside now, too. He, he hasn't played it a whole bunch, has some, but hasn't played it a whole bunch. He's done a terrific job. He's defended hard, uh, still has things to learn. And, what, what, you know, going back to your, your, your prior question, I want to see him up the ice more. I, mm-hmm. I, I want to carry the puck more and, and use his legs more when we do have the puck because I, I think he's met us halfway in the defensive part of it. Towards this time of year, you know, we're in mid-February, the psychology of a team, I'm always interested to get your take on this. This is the pseudo dog days of a hockey season. You know, the all-star breaks over, you're a couple of weeks away from the trade deadline, but this is a a time when potential slippage could take place because guys do get mentally tired and and it's been a long year and you're in that period of not quite the excitement of the end, but uh, how do you prevent that slippage from taking, taking foot? Yeah, and I felt we had a little bit of that with uh, Seattle the other night. We we poured a lot into games against uh, Nashville and Edmonton. Uh, I thought we played really well in those games. Uh, we're going to be showing some clips today of our game against Seattle, and man, oh man, we're just watching them play and, and certainly not taking anything away from them. They're a very quick, very balanced, good offensive hockey club. Uh, but we, we, we did some things in that game that I hadn't seen in a while and, you know, you know, it's interesting because I, I thought myself, do I show it or do I leave him alone? Just just saying, you know, it was a bad game for us. We we're tired. But there were some structural things in there that we have to go over. And this is the fine line, Jason, of how much do you give them this time of year? Because they are a tired group uh, and it's not physical, it's mental. And but today, I think it's a good day. We've had a couple of days off. I think it's a good day to kind of re- revisit our structure and get at it that way. I think the, if I'm. If I know you well enough at this point, I think the thing that probably bothered you most about that Seattle game is the first five minutes you came out and played yeah. very well and dictated, got a couple of power plays, including a goal. But then you, the team kind of exhaled and you kind of let them off the mat and they yeah. took over well, in the first period. Yeah, it was it was bad a game I've seen our team play all year long after those first few minutes. And we had, we had a little push in the third period. Happens. The other team has a two-goal lead. They end up getting a little defensive. And the push was a little bit of a push. I thought it was more of a push. And then when I broke it down, we really didn't generate a whole bunch. That was a bad game. And uh, and we come back and play them here again tomorrow night. So a very good hockey club that still goes a little unnoticed in this league. They're balanced right on through, and yeah. they play fast. Um, Konechny, obviously, his goals are very difficult to come by. He's going 13 straight. He was at a 20 point, you know, 20.1 shooting percentage, which was pretty yeah. insane. And that wasn't going to yeah. maintain. But h- how do you prevent him from, you know, really squeezing it, putting undue pressure on himself? Because goals are hard to come by for your team. He feels that pressure as well. Uh, do, do you talk to him about that towards or do you just leave him alone in this yeah. situation? Well, today, today he's he's one I'm going to talk to. I just I want to know I'm not going to I'm not going to grind him. Uh, I, I thought he was one of. Him and Kevin really struggled in the last game. The, neither one of them had a shot on goal. That's not a good recipe for us at all offensively. I wanted—I I just want to know how we can help him as coaches. And because I think he's in his head, his own head, uh, because he cares so much and knows how important he is to us offensively. Uh, you know, today he's going to be—he's going to be on the tape and some uh, doing some stuff that he usually doesn't do. But at the end of the day, I want to ask him how we can help him. 
and because uh, uh, I think he does need some help. He's still, you know, he's played a lot of games, but he gets down on himself. So we to try to help him get out of this. You're carrying three goalies right now with Hart, Sandstrom, and Harrison. Obviously, that's like you know going on a date with uh, your best friend tagging along. It's a little weird because there's only two creases. How do you balance this with the three goalies uh, on this road trip? Yeah, I'm going to leave it up to Dilly. Uh, Urs is here. Uh, I think Urs, if, if I don't play Carter, Urs will be the guy that uh, I consider him our backup. I think Urs has been our best goalie, quite honestly, right on through camp. Uh, now we've uh, we've got some health going on down there with Grosick coming back. Uh, not, you know, with Sandy, I, I just don't think he's played well enough. And uh, I think Urs deserves to be the number two guy. He will be the two guy. And Dilly will figure out divvying up the practice time but amongst the three goalies, but making sure he takes care of one and two. For, for Felix, is it, it's just that one goal, right? Towards yep. that, that yep. he, like in the, in the Seattle game, you don't like that fourth one because he just doesn't yep. regain his feet. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's such a good kid. He works so hard, makes great saves. Uh, but I, I just don't think he's made enough saves and uh, met with him after the game, uh, told him the situation. Cause I didn't want him to get blindsided with a transaction. And, uh, you know, he handled it well. You know, he, he wants to play, but uh, the reason why he has struggled uh, uh, getting wins in the National Hockey League is just getting a few more minutes out of them and making a key save at a key time. Yeah, make all the ones you're supposed to make and make some that you're not supposed to make. That's mostly yeah. my philosophy. Um, good to get back on the road for the boys, too, after a four-game homestand? Yeah, it is. It, it, it wasn't a homestand that uh, proved very successful. I thought we played some good games in the middle of it, Edmonton and in Nashville, uh, two really good games. I was hoping to try to uh, squeeze a point or two out of that uh, Seattle game. But uh, after forward home and also being on the break, uh, it's good to get on the road and, and get about our business here and stay together as a hockey club. Yeah, play hockey, not to entertain, but to win. Um, sometimes you can do that better on the road. Let's talk some hockey and hounds, Tor, your favorite uh, subject, of course. Yep. And we have got uh, an unbelievable – I love the work that you guys are doing here because you're getting so many dogs placed in great homes. And our dog of the week um, is Sheldy. Yeah. was rescued by the PSPCA Humane Law Enforcement Team in September. And uh, th this dog has got some great ears on it, some great antennas. Yes, yes. And, and, you, and you just read the bio on this poor girl. No one really knows what's happened with her. Uh, she doesn't show very well in the shelters as, as most of these dogs don't because it gets a little crazy in there with all the animals in there, you know, in their crates, whatever it may be. And it gets a little hinky in there. Doesn't show well there. We just need to get her out of there and maybe even a foster just so someone can see how she acts without the mayhem of a full shelter. Uh, has had some struggles. They really don't know her past. But she just needs to find a nice, quiet home with kids, which is fantastic. Usually some dogs, they don't handle kids that well. But they just need we need, need to try to find her a home, a low-key home with some kids, and just have her find her way because it's been a struggle for her. Yeah, this dog just needs the love and, and kids that will provide that energy and passion to the dog as well uh, would be fantastic. And she is an absolute beauty. She's got great ears on her. I love it. Um, the upcoming uh, PSPCA event is coming up on uh, the 18th, which is uh, just a few days away. And it's a Catterday adoption event at Philadelphia Brewing Company on Frankfurt Avenue in the city. And they're going to have cats there on hand as well in the tasting room from noon to three on Saturday afternoon. So that'll be a great event for people. Uh, towards the, the the fostering, too, I know that's a big thing that you're 
that you're uh, hitting with this dog, that'd be great as well. Can they do the same for the cats? Yes, they do. Yes. And and that's, and I've said it for the past three weeks in the show, because I, I think sometimes people may think fostering is that you have the responsibility of having that, that animal for the rest of your life. Fostering is such a great conduit to saving an animal, to finding an animal that's forever home. It's just to get, get the animal out of a stressful situation in the shelter, spend a little time in your home. It may be just a few weeks. And then they have people see the dog in a normal type setting. And that's when people start adopting these animals. So it can be dogs, cats, it, it, it's all sorts of things going on with fostering. And that, that catter day, which is a Saturday, having a bear and, and uh, maybe adopting a cat, I guess, was very successful the past one. And they're going back at it again here at the Brewing Company. Yeah, again, that's going to be on the 18th from noon to 3 on that Saturday afternoon. Also, uh, info for the Hockey and Hounds homepage, philadelphiaflyers.com slash hockey and hounds. All the details on adoptable dogs of the week, including our dog this week, Sheldy. And uh, the Hockey and Hounds shirts are still available from uh, John and Christine Tortorella Family Foundation for giving back. Learn more uh, about the foundation. Go to tortorellafoundation.org. Shirts are still going like hotcakes. Yeah, they are. And the, and the, and the proceeds are going directly to these shelters that really operate on shoestring uh, type situations as far as their budget's concerned. So uh, I, you don't know how much we appreciate people buying them because it goes directly to the, to the animals, to help animals and the shelters. Uh, so let's, let's keep on pushing. This, this is the time of year, Jason, when it's a total influx of animals coming in, when the spring starts coming near us and, and you find dogs that aren't being taken care of. Uh, so we're, we're going to need help. It's a, it's a ever grow. It never stops. We need help every day. So I hope people continue to listen and maybe find it in their heart to help out in any, any way they can. Yeah. And no matter how your day goes at the rink or anywhere else, when you go home and see that dog, uh, they're going to give you the unconditional love that it makes it so worthwhile for sure. Um, Torch, thanks for doing this. Best of luck on the road trip. Uh, we'll be watching coming up tonight. The, the Flyers will be playing in Seattle, uh, the second game uh, against the uh, last opponent you had. So best of luck. Thanks for doing this. Jason, always great talking to you, bud. Always great to speak with John Tortorella here on Flyers Daily. Hope you got a lot out of that. I was really intrigued by a couple things he talked about. The psychology of a team at this time of year to prevent that, as I termed it, slippage. And then obviously the question about the three goalies. You know, you got Hart and Sandstrom were already with the Flyers. And then for the road trip, the Flyers recalled Sam Harrison. And Torch right there flat out said it. Sam Harrison is our number two right now. Hart's the starter, Arison's the two, and Sandstrom is going to have to fight for the crease even in practice. Very interesting. Sam Arison has elevated himself with the availability of Troy Grosnick back with the Phantoms, allowing them some latitude to call him back up. And uh, according to Torts, and he's the one that makes the decision, Sam Arison, the number two goalie for the Flyers. So we'll see if Torts and the Flyers can come away with a win tonight in Seattle. Start off the road trip in style. 10 o'clock, Flyers after dark tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.